And now it's time to enter the lair with this lady. It's cut back to two, the difference. Ebsery with the reply. Ebsery looking for three and makes it count. Forces the turnover. Ebsery completes a perfect play for Perth. Yeah, she's a veteran of more than 300 WNBL games, two Olympics, a World Cup, multiple all-WNBL first teams, and multiple Perth Lynx MVP awards. Katie Ebsery, welcome to the Jewel Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, it's been five months since you announced your retirement, seven months since you last played with that Olympics. What's it like being a normal human being again? <laughs> it's um, It's been really great. Um, I've kind of managed to to go straight into some full-time work pretty much after home quarantine after Tokyo so you know I've, I've made that transition pretty well as I've been pretty busy um, with a new teaching position so no it's been nice nice to have some weekends not in a basketball stadium so I'm really yeah really enjoying it at the moment for sure. So what sort of teaching are you doing high school primary school what, what's your class what do you do? High school uh, PE so theory and, and the practical side of it as well. And how do you go being the one in charge of things as opposed to being told what to do by the coach? Are they as disruptive and annoying as what coaches probably think of players? <laughs> I guess to some extent it is a bit different uh, being being in charge, I guess. But I quite like it. I like that we do, you know, a range of different sports. Um, and, you know, the kids always get involved in PE, whether it's PAC. I also like all the, the theory content we cover as well. Uh, no, so it's been really enjoyable. Uh, and, you know, there's some challenges. For, uh, of course, but uh, for the most part, it's it's pretty, yeah, it's been a really good, uh, really good period of time. And do they know who you are or are you a teacher? Do they actually understand that they've got a dual Olympian uh, teaching them PE? Uh, I guess it kind of, it seeps through sometimes. Um, so they, yeah, they've slowly started to pick up that was basketball was kind of, yeah, what I did in the past. And um, and Tokyo. So occasionally I get some questions about it. I wasn't. I didn't really come out and, and tell them directly. But um, yeah, they're starting to to get the idea now. Yeah. Even li- listening to you now, your voice sounds different to when when you're a player. Like you're you're an intense and dedicated and professional athlete, as as professional as an athlete I reckon I've ever seen. The amount of times I beat the basketball center and um, doing an interview or wildcast training or something, and you'd be there by yourself working on your craft, making sure that you were absolutely prepared was just amazing. It stood out. And then in Sydney, when you were up there for preparing for the Olympics, it was just you. Like, How hard was it being just you when you built up to those Olympics and just you sometimes on court when you were preparing for any sort of situation? What was it like doing that sort of stuff so intensely for so long? Yeah, I mean, you know, it just, it was a part of just, yeah, my process. I needed to be confident in my preparation. Uh, and so that meant for me, you know, getting up extra shots multiple times a week or just taking that time to do the extra stuff to make sure that when I was on court, you know, it was all muscle memory and um, I could, you know, call on those things I'd already practiced. So it, you know, in ref- on reflection, you know, a lot of reflection after retiring, obviously, yeah, those those moments are particularly, they can be particularly difficult. And I guess over, you know, a 15-year career, um, those types of things just got harder and harder as the years went on. Uh, the motivation to do those things, it takes a lot uh, to remain that motivated and engaged um, and to do all those extra kind of sessions and to make sure that you're the best possible player you can be when you step on the court. So, yeah, definitely to, by the end of it and training, 
training basically on my own before Tokyo uh, was super draining and obviously, you know, really contributed to just knowing that 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 motivation had really been lowered for me uh, and I couldn't kind of put that same effort into it as I had for most of my career. So, yeah. So was it easy to switch off once you were – I just once you decided in your own head that you were retired, which was I think I think a couple of months before you announced you you were retiring. But once you knew, could you switch off, or did you take a long time to to wind down into being a bit more like the rest of society? Yeah, I mean it it it, ta- it took a while, but to be honest, I was pretty I was pretty burnt out by the time yeah Tokyo finished. I just needed a rest. I I hadn't done any exercise for probably six or seven months um, post Tokyo. Uh, just because I, I literally just couldn't bring myself to do anything, uh, which is so unusual for someone that's gone from being an elite athlete to to not really having the motivation to do any exercise at all was uh, was interesting. But I needed to yeah listen to my body at that stage. Um, so no, it didn't take me long. But I think I was just at a point where my body needed some rest and uh, my mind needed some rest as well. So I was quite happy to to have the rest. To be honest. When, when you retired, you wrote a fascinating column for Player's Voice where you really opened up about yourself and said, I wish I'd been kinder to myself um, throughout your career. And I reckon a lot of people are like that. Everyone's hard on themselves when they're, when they're playing. Um, how easy was it for you to, to finally get that out of yourself or was it really difficult to write? Oh, it was very difficult, <laughs> very difficult to write. Well, probably not difficult to write. Uh, that came quite easy, but actually difficult to share it, I guess. Um, yeah, as I said, there's, you know, been a lot of reflection probably in this last, you know, 12 to 18 months, um, of my career and yeah, it was somewhat healing to be able to put that together. Um, and I just wanted to, to share it in hope that it would provide some vocabulary for other people that might be going through similar things. I know, you know, these are only things I've kind of come to terms with in the last few years of my career. So if it could help someone that's just starting out or kind of halfway through their career to kind of notice some habits and and make some changes a bit earlier, that was, that was definitely kind of the goal with, with sharing that story for sure. It was really interesting the past four games that the Lynx have had over here being home games, and we haven't seen the Lynx at home for two years before that. But they form, they were forming a, a small circle in the middle of the court pre-game, and Taya Burrows goes in the middle, and they all push her around and treat her like a rag doll and have a bit of a muck, muck around and a bit of a fun with it. And it's not what we've seen from a lot of sports over the years where the, you know, the, the intensity and the mental preparation has to be, you need to be switched on the whole time. How have you found... Um, the change in mental preparation and the enjoyment that people want to bring to the game before the matches to try to relax them a bit more. Was, it, was that something you were able to embrace or did you find that as strange as what, what a lot of people like myself have found, that it's not necessarily what we were trained to do? You know, I think people, you know, you do your, your preparation. I think there's definitely a place for, yeah, those moments where you can just release the stress a little bit. You don't want to be too heightened or stressed going into, into an already stressed environment so you know I think finding ways to to make sure there's enjoyment in in the basketball and a bit of fun because it's still meant to be fun um even though you know it's a professional sport I think just finding those little moments where you can have that uh is really important whether it's in training or at the beginning of a game before a really intense kind of battle on court I think it's really important and just kind of helps people level out a little bit before going 
going into intense situations it doesn't have to be always heightened you know there can be a real balance and I think I think sports are starting to realize it can't be intense intense 100% of the time there needs to be better balance to help yeah individuals be able to cope with some of the stressful situations they face and talk about stress I, I still can't get my head around the fact that you were 15 years of old when you left home and moved to Canberra to go to the Australian Institute of Sport I've got a 14 year old daughter at home and there's no way known she'd be leaving home to go anywhere outside of WA maybe even not even down the road um, you're supposed to be working at Coles or Maccas at that age does, does it blow your mind that you were doing that now when you look back yeah you know in, in hindsight um yeah, as I said, there's been lots of reflection. It does. And and believe me, my parents didn't want me to go. Um, I was just adamant and I believed that that opportunity might not happen again if, if I said no. So the consequences were too big for me, for me to possibly say no. Uh, even though I definitely wasn't ready or mature enough to to have that experience or move away from home. Yeah, but it's definitely such a hard, when a carrot like that is damn good in front of you, uh, it's really hard to say no to. And and my parents supported me in in my ability to want to do that Um, and obviously led to, you know, some of my experiences as well. So, yeah, but in hindsight, I definitely at 15 wasn't ready to go do that and move away and, and try and compete for a WNBL spot every week. It was, yeah, it was a bit crazy, to be honest. But as you said, it worked out because you went to two Olympics, which uh, not many people can say they did. How do you compare the highlight of going to the Olympics uh, and the team not necessarily having the success that you wanted from a medal side of things to winning that silver medal at the World Cup? Like one thing is you've got the medal to show for it. The other thing is probably rated higher in the way in everyone's own minds about just even just going there. Like what do you look back on with the fondest memory? Oh, I I mean, definitely that, you know, I mean, going to an Olympics is a massive deal for sure. I think the special thing about that World Cup um, and the silver medal was just how well we played. Like, we gelled so well that tournament. We had an amazing preparation, which is a massive key, obviously. Um, And to beat Spain in Spain in a semi-final was obviously, you know, the ultimate. Um, So it was such a stressful situation. Uh, The way we played, we played really great defense um, and our offense just kind of flowed from that as well. So, yeah, it was was a very memorable experience. Obviously, silver medal is always going to be memorable, but the way we played and and the way we got into that final was was pretty special and memorable as well. Luck, I don't reckon, has been on your side from a WNBL perspective. You decided you wanted to have one year in Russia to, to experience what it was like to play in Europe and the year you left the Sydney Uni Flames they went and won the championship and now you've retired and the Lynx are in a good position to, to challenge for a, a championship as well. Do you look at it at it all and go, oh, one more year could I have got through? They were, they were forming a pretty good team as you started to announce your retirement. Like, Do you have any thoughts at all, any pings of going, I wish I'd waited a little bit longer and maybe tried to, to get one more year out of myself to win one? Oh, look, no. I just, yeah, I didn't have it in me um, and I had been having those conversations for quite a while before yeah, bef- way before the start of this season. So, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously they're doing really well. I thought we had really made some good foundations in that hub season as well. And obviously, you know, we had a couple of people pull out of that season and we could have been much different uh, than what we ended up. But um, it is what it is. Yeah, timing hasn't always been great, but I've been able to achieve some other things and ultimately – uh, you know, a WNBL championship wasn't one of them, but I'm, I'm quite happy and, and satisfied with what I got out of my career. 
I reckon most people will be quite happy and satisfied with a couple of Olympics and a World <laughs> Cup silver medal. And as we said, all the other individual accolades that you managed to achieve. Well, the links are going very, very well at the moment, although they had an up and down period during their stay at home. So if we go to the Dribble Podcast MVP votes from the last couple of games, from the match against Adelaide, it was one vote Marina Mabry for 17 points from only 15 minutes on court. Two votes to Lauren Scherf for 16 points, seven rebounds and one block. And three votes to Sammy Wickham with 18 points, five rebounds, six assists and four steals. And in the Canberra game, it would have been nice to have given Jackie Young all six votes, but that's not the system we have in place. So it was one vote to Alex Cipitoni, two votes to Marina Mabry, and three votes to Jackie Young, 36 points, three rebounds, three assists, and three steals. It was amazing, those 36 points. Uh, she absolutely dominated. Now, let's see how good your memory is, Katie, because we've seen some good performances this year. If I say 22 points, 15 assists, seven rebounds, and one steal, do you remember the game you did that for Perth? Um, I believe it was a home game. Yes, it was. Possibly against Adelaide, because I remember Nicole Seacamp got quite a few assists in that one as well, which is a bit crazy. Yeah, it was. It was Adelaide in October 2019. That's the best game I ever saw you play live, like, 22 points and 15 assists. Like when you got on a roll, like you were able to do so much in in games. You could play so many different roles, so many different positions, and do so many things. When you get in a role like that sort of game, what's it like? Oh, it just yeah. It seems like everything you do just um, turns to gold sometimes. Like whether it's shooting and all the little ones that go that are 50 50, they all go in. Um, all the the iffy passes that might get deflected one game, that game it goes straight to hands, and then they're able to put the basket in which is obviously the big the big factor of, of getting an assist is the basket needs to go in as well right so um yeah those games they're they're fun you're just in a bit of a state of flow uh and everything everything's kind of going your way essentially rather than it kind of rolling the other way it's just one of those games sometimes well, that 15 assists is the franchise record for the Lynx, and no one else has them even in double figures. So it shows how dominant you were that game. We mentioned that you're in Sydney. Are you dry? Are you okay up there? <laughs> yes, it's been dry the last uh, the last few days, which is good. So, yeah, there's a fair bit of rain in a, in a short amount of time, but um, it's, all, it's all drying out, thank goodness. And what about the family in Newcastle? Has that been affected up there? They're all good. You know, my dad's um, from a place called Kyogle up near Lismore, in northern New South Wales, so he has quite a few friends affected um, by the floods up there, unfortunately. So, yeah, we, we know people in, in different circumstances. So, yeah, if, if anyone is able to to uh, to help out with the flood appeals and, and donations and stuff like that, it's all um, obviously going to a really worthy cause. Now, you're a very proud Newcastle girl, and you, you, you've, um, you're very proud of playing against your sister a couple of years ago as well. I made you cry when I interviewed you about that, which was, um, <laughs> which was <laughs> rather unusual at the time, given now, you weren't prepared for that, but um, can you see yourself teaming up and playing uh, together at, at any point, going back to um, Newcastle and having s- some games, or uh, are you well and truly done from that perspective as well? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'll never say never. At the moment, I'm definitely, yeah, not playing for the foreseeable future, um, but you know, who knows in the coming years what will happen, and, and I'm still uh, really close to Newcastle and my sister's there as well, obviously, so we'll never say never. It's always nice. I wasn't able to to play with her or against her too many times just because of our a bit of an age gap so whenever and if ever we get the chance we'll uh, yeah we'll definitely see if we can make it happen and the Lynx are going to round out their season with games against Sydney and then followed by two in, in Townsville if they finish on top that will mean that they will fly back from Townsville on the Monday
Monday and play on the Wednesday. Um, that, is that would that be pretty brutal? Would that be difficult to do getting back from the, the, that trip from Townsville for only um a, a Wednesday game? Or do you think that, that they might push to try to get that game on a Thursday if it works out? What do you think would be the best from an athletic point of view? Oh, I mean, yeah, the trip to Townsville is always pretty brutal, and the trip home. So um, anything you can kind of do to extend that that period in between is obviously ideal. But um, yeah, depends obviously how the girls are feeling and how they pull up from that game as well. So yeah, all kind of depends on what the game's like, to be honest. And I've asked several former Lynx players this in recent weeks. What would it mean to you if they won it? Oh, I mean, you know, it would be great. It's been a little while since the the Lynx have won. I can't. When was the last time? 1992. Yeah. So wow. It would be yeah. It would be really cool. As I said, they've been been so close over the last few years. Um, and yeah, for them to win, it would obviously be great. And having played with a lot of them um, last season, uh, it would be really nice to see them have that success. And, and head coach Ryan Patrick and and everyone involved in the club as well. They've obviously put a lot into it. Um, over the last few years, and yeah, it would be a worthy, a worthy moment for them to celebrate for sure. And just finally, we have a segment on the Dribble Podcast called This or That. Just jump to one side of the fence on a question, and we saw the bizarre scenario on Monday of Oklahoma City and Memphis walking out into court in the NBA in the same coloured uniforms. White is a fairly standard uh, go-to for most sports these days as, as an alternate option. Do you think white is the good way to go and just have everyone wearing white, or should everyone just find a second colour and we can make sure we don't clash that way yeah everyone just needs to have their ideal color like their own color and then white is for you know the rarity rather than being the uh, most common option for sure like there just needs to be their own colors and then yeah white needs to be non-existent i think it's so much better that way i reckon you can look you can turn on any game and know who's playing as opposed to having to figure out who's actually out on court because every single team who goes away is is wearing white never made sense to me well it will be a clash again this week it'll be a clash of katie's former teams with the Lynx playing the sydney flames and they're off to townsville as i said for for two games to round out their season so we wish them luck in those final matches well thanks for, for joining us katie you were an absolute star we've spoken many times in many places around the world while you're playing and it's great to hear that your life is going so well for you in Sydney in retirement. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for the Dribble Podcast this week. Keep logging on to thewest.com.au for all your basketball news and pick up your copy of The West Australian. Thanks to Samantha Rogers for all her production.